0: I think just in general terms that 2009 is going to be every bit of as difficult of a year as 2008, at least as far as the economy is concerned. And uh, at the end of 2009, uh, I would not be overly surprised if we start seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But I don't think we're actually going to pull out of this recession in 2009
1: This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts. Squaring off on legal news and legal observations, Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network.
2: Welcome to this End of 2008 edition of Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi broadcasting from Massachusetts.
3: And I'm Craig Williams from sunny Southern California. Bob, just to remind our readers, we are again in the running for the Reader's Choice Balloting for the Best Podcast in the ABA Journal's Log 100. You can vote for Lawyer to Lawyer by going to the link from the vote on the Legal Talk Network site. And uh, Or you can go to the ABAjournal.com under Frogs and Frogs 100 2008 Podcast. Voting ends January 2nd. And, Bob, I checked it, and I see that we're in the lead.
2: We are, but it's neck and neck, uh, nail-bitingly close. So uh, we can certainly get uh, use people's votes and appreciate people's votes. Uh, and I see you, you posted about it on your blog just the other day, Craig, so that may help uh, quite a bit. Uh, well, you know, a, a year ago, uh, we were talking about uh, housing prices, uh, oil prices, and uh, the Dow Jones, and geez, what a difference a year makes. We're talking about housing prices, oil prices, and the Dow Jones, but it's been quite a year from the economic crisis to the auto industry bailout, foreclosures, the collapse of Lehman Brothers, the election of, of, of Barack Obama, and uh, any number of important court decisions.
3: I'm not sure anyone could have predicted all of those things, but today on Lawyer to Lawyer we're going to celebrate, believe it or not, our fourth annual prediction show by devoting our discussion to looking back at the predictions made way back in the beginning of the year in 2008 and making some perhaps educated predictions for 2009.
2: And to help us do that we're welcoming back uh the the uh lawyer who has become uh lawyer to lawyer soothsayer extraordinaire that's uh, attorney stephen l Kaplan uh, he's been a featured guest on our last three predictions shows and is back with us this year uh Stephen Kaplan is a partner in the Orange County California office of hicks Mims Kaplan, and burns he's been practicing law in Southern California since 1986, uh, where he focuses primarily on business uh, and probate litigation. In 2008, Mr. Kaplan obtained judgments uh, exceeding $15 million. Attorney Kaplan has been making his annual predictions in legal news for years via an email newsletter and has been uh, quite accurate. Today, we'll speak with Stephen Kaplan about his mastering the art of prediction. We'll talk about some of his predictions for last year and how he did with those, and look ahead for 2009. So welcome to the show, Stephen Kaplan.
0: Thanks for having me back, guys.
3: Glad to have you. Well, the most recent thing that we everybody heard about was Barack Obama's uh, election, and you did predict that he would be the Democratic presidential
0: nominee. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, the prediction I thought was actually one of my best, because at the time uh, it looked like Hillary had it sewn up. Uh but, you know, once I heard Oprah was on board and was backing him, never never cross Oprah and I think, all kidding aside, that uh Oprah made Barack Obama president of the United States. Now he has you know, he's a uh he's a terrific speaker and he's got a quality that uh almost Reaganesque or, or Clinton esque of uh, projecting himself, uh but uh, I think, at the end of the day, it was Oprah who really put him over the finish line
2: and stephen you uh all, you predicted uh that the Republican presidential nominee would not be mike huckabee it's it 's funny that uh, a year ago we thought uh, he might well have a chance, but could you have ever predicted what did happen with the republican uh, ticket
0: uh, I thought the republicans were were in deep trouble, but uh you know I thought we were in a recession last year. But I did not think it would be as severe uh as as it turns out to be, and I don't know how any party can stay in power when the economy is in as poor of a condition as it is because at the end of the day uh the buck has to stop at with the party at power, and the economy is is tanking, so you know who knew it was going to tank as severely as it did, but a uh A party can't stay in power when the economy is as bad as it is.
3: Well, you gave yourself an F on
0: your prediction on the economy. Uh, Well, not really. I gave myself an F on my prediction as to Citigroup and Bank of America. Uh, I didn't think, I just didn't see the banking sector collapsing like it did. I thought it was going to pull back and that the big banks were going to be the winner in all this. Little did I realize that the big banks were the most troublesome banks and that they're so big, uh, and they were hiding so much of their problems you know, off the books uh, that when the economy ground to a halt, uh, they started collapsing like uh, a house of cards. And that I didn't see coming. You, you did nail the housing decline. Yes, I did. 7% in 2008? You
3: got an A on that
0: one? I, I gave myself a generous A because, of course, housing tanked much more than 7%. And uh, the prediction is correct. But as things turn out, uh, you know, housing uh the decline in housing was much more severe than seven percent. Yeah, you also predicted that some homeowners would tank as well.
3: And some home builders rather.
0: Yeah, I got that kinda wrong. Uh it turns out they didn't go bankrupt, but their tro- their stock is trading as if they are bankrupt. You know, uh uh Beezer Homes is at a dollar thirty one 31 yesterday and, and Hovanian's at a dollar seventy seven a share. Standard Pacifics is at a dollar forty a share. They're trading as if they're bankrupt, but they're not technically they haven't technically filed bankruptcy. Uh so I gave myself a generous C on that. I predicted that they would be bankrupt. They're actually not, technically at least, but their stocks are trading as if they were. Did you ever think that the Federal Reserve would go as low as they have? No. I thought that the Federal Reserve, traditionally of course, when the economy slows down, at least since the Depression, the Federal Reserve has lowered interest rates and increase the money supply. I didn't think it was going to go down to essentially zero percent interest rate. Uh, it just shows how severe uh, the economic crisis really is. They're not doing that because things are good, or they see light at the end of the tunnel. It's almost a move out of panic, because after you after you push interest rates down to zero, you know they can't go any lower than that.
2: Steve, you you predicted a presidential pardon for Louis Scooter Libby, uh, Bush's issued 19 pardons in these waning days of uh, his administration, but none yet for Scooter Libby.
0: Yeah, how do you like that? I thought I thought Libby would be at the top of the list, but uh, President Bush is being surprisingly stingy with the pardons. Uh, and, uh, you know, he commuted Libby's sentence in, in, uh, in 2007, but at least not yet. He hasn't gotten around to pardoning him. And uh, I'm not too sure at this point. I think I just got that one wrong. I don't think he is going to pardon him.
2: Are you getting the sense that President Bush is uh, suddenly worried about uh, what his legacy might look like?
0: Uh, he, well, I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be. Uh, you know, he certainly doesn't want to go down as the modern Herbert Hoover. And it's just it's uh, interesting how Iraq has faded into the background and the economy has come to the forefront. And it just goes to show you that at the end of the day, what matters most is people have to work, they have to put food on the table. And when the economy starts tanking, that becomes everybody's number one concern even the president Eventually, and you were right, ten- you
2: were you were right on in Iraq in, in predicting that violence would decrease there during 2008 and you scored yourself an A on that
0: yeah that one that one worked out that one I think I got right uh i think most everybody was surprised at the success of the surge and the decrease in violence uh and uh I think what's going to happen in in 2009 is we're actually going to see a little bit of improvement even more. The wild card in this, to me, is the price of oil, because uh, when the price of oil was higher, uh, the government was able, the Iraqi government and all other governments, for that matter, were able to distribute money to trickle it down to at least uh, uh, enough people to avoid social unrest. But when you have a situation where uh, the price of oil has collapsed, uh that mechanism for controlling societal problems no longer exists. And it will be interesting to see how that plays itself out in Iraq, Iran, uh Venezuela, uh and even the richer Gulf states like Kuwait and uh Saudi Arabia. Uh I don't know uh I don't know if uh they can sustain um uh, the present government if the a barrel of ga- a barrel of oil is forty dollars or less. Uh, it will bust their budgets, and they won't be able to pay off the people they need to pay off. Do you think it's possible they would stop erecting cranes in Dubai? I think they've already stopped. I think Dubai is is, is cutting back. I mean, I saw, it's not Dubai, but I saw uh, a couple of days ago in the Wall Street Journal that uh, a, uh, a big project between uh, Dow uh, Chemical, and I think it was Kuwait, but it might have been Saudi Arabia, for a big chemical plant, that's been shut down. So even the wealthiest of oil-rich countries, uh, they're pulling back on their investments. They've been affected uh, by the slowdown in the world economy just like everybody else has, maybe more so. The
3: news put out a thing that said that we were saving a billion dollars
0: a day in the reduced gas prices we've seen lately. Well, that's the only good thing happening in the economy. You know, for the average the average consumer, that's a fairly hefty uh, tax cut. And other than that, what's really going on that's good in the economy? You know, you have layoffs. You have poor sales over the Christmas holidays. Uh, you have people who are uh, afraid to go out and spend because, you know, they're concerned about their jobs and their ability to pay the debts that they have. So the only thing that really is going on positive in the economy right now, at least in the U.S. economy, is that gasoline is cheap. And it'll be interesting to see with cheap gasoline, uh if people revert, will revert back to their old ways so that you know SUV and truck sales all of a sudden will start picking up again. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Somehow with the economy and the position it is, I don't see that happening. I think you're probably right, although I have read that uh, the number one selling vehicle in the U.S. is still a Ford truck. But that's, you know, a truck unlike an SUV, I suppose, is a legitimate commercial vehicle. And, you know, if you, uh, depending on what business you're in, you know you may or may not need a new truck you know no matter how the economy is if you want to be in a business you have to have tools and for some people that is a you know a legitimate tool of their business
2: well if anybody took your advice to bet on the uh, oscars they probably broke even uh, you accurately predicted the winner of the best actor oscar but uh, but not the the best actress oscar
0: yeah and i can't even pronounce the name of the woman who won the best actress oscar I never even heard the movie she was in, but it must have been a good movie because she won. An actress from France, I never heard of her.
2: Well, see, there you go. Had you watched the movie, you might have predicted it.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know the movie existed. <laughs> what do I know? I just I just go with what's in the local theaters, you know. They don't, you know, I'm living in the wrong neighborhood, I guess. Speaking of people you'd never heard of, how about Sarah Palin? Uh, who saw, you know, who saw that coming? You know, it's 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 just amazing. Uh, I'm not too sure if she helped her. I tend to think that she actually ended up helping McCain even though he lost the the election of course but i my sense was is that uh he was kind of floundering before uh he nominated her uh chose her and uh that she actually uh she actually did help him even though he ended up losing. I don't think we've heard the last of her either i i think uh uh, I think that with the Republican Party in disarray and there's nobody out there, you know, grabbing the reins. I think she, um, she probably, given her age uh, and uh, how well known she is now, I think she probably has the best chance at becoming, you know, the next kind of national spokesman and maybe the next mo- and maybe the next uh, nominee uh, in the next elections. But we'll see. You know, a lot of things could happen in the next four years.
2: Well, Craig and Stephen, I wonder if it's time to start looking ahead instead of looking backwards.
0: Let's take a look for just a moment, Bob, at right where we are.
3: Steve predicted that violence in Palestine between the PLO and Hamas would increase in 2008. And look at what's going on in Israel right now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of scary, and uh, I've been working on this theory. I don't know how well it plays out that uh, if you want to predict uh, terrorism and violence in the world, you take a look at the price of oil. And it's in the best interests of Venezuela, Iraq, and lesser extent Russia, to kind of stir things up in the world to get the price of oil up there uh, because they make more money that way. And then, but they don't want to bring it to the—they just want to bring it to the edge. They don't really want to step over the line because that's bad for business. Do I do and, a little
3: bit of a conspiracy theorist here?
0: I don't know if it's a conspiracy or not. I don't know if they're conspiring with each other. They're just following their economic self-interest. And their economic self-interest is, is, you know, the more they stir up trouble, the higher gasoline goes or the higher oil goes and the more money they make. On the other hand, it's bad for business to take it all the way to the end. And, you know, and uh, so they kind of walk this, this, this line of trying to stir up things just enough but not too much so that it destroys their own business. Maybe it is a conspiracy, I don't know, but I've been toying around with that idea, and uh and the whole but my whole idea is kind of um, I don't know how it plays out when the a barrel of oils down to thirty five dollars or less a barrel because their the their economies now are really taking huge hits, even more I think that we're taking gear uh because their governments aren't generating the revenues they need to generate to fund all the things they want to fund. And I was I'm thinking that next year might actually turn out to actually uh be a more violent year in the Middle East because they're desperate and they need and the price of oil needs to go up. And uh this latest incursion, this latest bombing of of by Israel of uh of the west, of the uh of Gaza uh might be an excuse certainly for Iran Uh, to stir things up even more and try to get the price of oil up.
2: Well, let's take a short break right now and then come back and talk about predictions for 2009 with Stephen Kaplan.
1: We invite you to visit law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates... Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our practice center sections. He was the gunner in your law school. I was captain of my law school's mock document review team. He's the last one to leave the office. Why leave work before 9 p.m.? You're just going to get stuck in traffic. And now he's kissing up to all the partners. Knowing that I made some partners a ton of money is all the reward I need. Get this year's hottest gift for attorneys, the Perfect Associate. Available at PerfectPlush.com. PerfectPlush.com, your source for legal humor. That's PerfectPlush.com. Check out our Lawyer-to-Lawyer host blogs, J. Craig Williams' blog at mayhavepleasethecourt.com. Likewise, Robert Ambrogi's blog at legaline.com for daily legal observations, perspective, and, of course, a healthy dose of humor and wit.
2: Welcome back to this year-end edition of Lawyer-to-Lawyer Lawyer on Legal Talk Network. We would like to welcome back uh, our returning guest and prediction guru, Stephen Kaplan, a partner in the Orange County, California office of Hicks, Mims, Kaplan, and Burns. So, Stephen, let's look ahead a little bit to 2009. Uh, what's your what's your uh, kind of general impression of, of what's ahead for us?
0: I think just in general terms that 2009 is going to be every bit of as difficult of a year as 2008, at least as far as the economy is concerned. And uh, at the end of 2009, uh, I would not be overly surprised if we start seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But I don't think we're actually going to pull out of this recession in 2009. Uh, I think that this uh, recession is going to be a long, deep one. And maybe in 2010, we'll see things picking up a little bit, but I'm not overly confident even of that. As I said before, the only thing positive that I see going on in the economy presently is the low price of oil. And uh, once uh, President Obama is in office, uh, I'm sure Congress is going to pass some huge stimulus package and... uh, in the short term, I suspect that that's going to pick things up in you know early two, maybe late 2009 or early 2010. But you have to be worried about you know what inflation is going to look like in two or three years because of the uh, uh, because of all the money that the government will be pouring into the economy. So it's really treacherous times, and I think people really have to be on their toes and and very careful what they do with their money. You're still predicting that uh, crude oil is
3: going to be down low
0: too. Yeah, I think it it may go up a little bit, but I don't think it's going to go above forty dollars a barrel. I think the recession is worldwide and so severe that uh, uh, the cutbacks in the uh, the demand for oil uh, are going to be so are so large that I just don't think crude oil, at least in two thousand and nine, is going to uh, go up very much. I think it's gonna. Uh, I think at the end of the year we'll see it at under forty dollars a barrel still.
2: Stephen, you predict one of the big 3 US automakers will file for bankruptcy. What are we spending all this money on for?
0: I don't know what we're spending all that money on for. I think we're my problem with with bailing out the auto companies is I could see I could see, you know, we got to keep people working. Uh but if people aren't buying the cars, uh it's great that we're pouring money into the companies to keep people employed, but at the end of the day, somehow we got to get people to buy more cars. Otherwise, we're just, you know, we're just pouring money down the rat hole. And I don't see anything that's going to cause people uh, in 2009 to buy more cars.
2: What happens there? If if they file for bankruptcy, do they end up getting acquired by, say, one of the other big three?
0: You know, I think what's going to happen, I think it's probably going to be Chrysler that goes under. And I think it'll probably be some sort of a planned bankruptcy where basically the... uh, some car company, not necessarily American, is going to end up buying uh, the Jeep unit of Chrysler, and Chrysler is going to be out of business. And I could see, you know, there's any numbers, maybe it's a good good way for one of the Chinese car manufacturers to get a foothold in America, or one of the Koreans, or one of the Europeans. It's not necessarily going to be GM or uh, or Ford that ends up buying Chrysler.
3: Do you think that we're going to start
0: to see more fuel-efficient cars and, and more hybrids and
3: alternatives? Fuel vehicles as a result.
0: You know, I uh, the problem is is with with uh, gasoline. When gasoline is inexpensive, uh, the economic incentive for people to drive less and to purchase uh, and to purchase smaller cars that use less fuel, you know that that decreases. And unless the government somehow increases the fuel requirement, uh, the fuel mileage requirements, uh, I don't think people are voluntarily going to buy smaller cars. Uh, if oil, if gasoline, is inexpensive. But I do suspect that uh, uh, Congress is going to pass some legislation which effectively requires cars to be more fuel efficient. I don't think, I mean, one way for Congress to do it, but I don't think they are going to do it, and I don't think they should do it during a recession, is raise the gas tax so that gasoline is more expensive. But I don't see how you can raise those sort of taxes with the economy in such bad condition. Uh, You'll just make the recession worse. So I think what's more likely is going to happen is that the uh, Congress will pass and President Obama will sign uh, new legislation requiring better gas mileage and creating economic incentives uh, for the car manufacturers uh, to switch over to uh, hybrid and electric vehicles. I think that's how it's going to shake out. But as I said before, at the end of the day, someone's got to buy these cars, and unless we get the economy back on track, uh, it doesn't matter what the car companies do if nobody buys them. You're,
3: you're very bearish on the economy in 2009. Uh, housing prices down 10 percent. The Dow below 8,500. And unemployment above 8.5 percent. It's almost like you're going to be willing to utter the D word.
0: Well, I don't think it's going to go quite that far because there's uh, uh, tremendous economic stimulus is going to come in 2009. I just don't think that it's going to get us out of the recession in 2009. I suspect that in 2010 we're going to see the economy pick up. I just think the the next 12 months are going to be very rough. Assuming that Congress passes something, let's say, in February, a big economic stimulus package, well, that money probably isn't going to hit the – depending on how it's structured, that money will take a month to six months to get in the economy. And you still have the problem that, you know, we need people to spend some money and not just hold on to another, another in order to get the economy uh really going. And when people are uh concerned about whether or not they'll be able to pay bills, uh they don't you know, they cut down on their consumption and they be and they start saving rather than consuming. So I am very pessimistic in two thousand and nine, but I suspect two thousand and ten we're gonna see the economy pick up and then you're gonna see people talking not about deflation but inflation, and uh, the Federal Reserve is going to be walking a, uh, a thin line between uh, keeping the economy growing and keeping the economy from inflating, but, that's, but that I don't think is going to happen in 2009. I think that's probably going to happen in 2010 and 2011. 2009 is going to be a tough year.
2: When Craig mentions the D word, I think he's talking about Democrats. All uh, well, your fault,
0: <laughs> Mom. Yeah, I assume depression, but uh, you know I can't read his mind. Who knows what he's
2: No, saying? I, I'm kidding. One thing we haven't talked about, even though we're all lawyers here, uh, is uh, much about the legal scene. And one prediction you make is uh, that there will be a vacancy on the Supreme Court. So who's going and who's coming?
0: I was. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, of seeing the Supreme Court in action. During 2008, I went and got sworn in, and uh, it's very impressive. And one of the interesting things is how old and frail many of our justices are. And uh, for instance, Justice Ginsburg needs help uh, to get to and from her chair, and um, and she's not the only one. It, so I so I uh, I know that when you're on the bench, you like to hang on. But now that you have, uh, Barack Obama in office in 2009, and you have these very elderly and frail justices who, uh, if they step, step down will be replaced presumably with a more, uh, liberal judge than, than, uh, George Bush would have uh, nominated, uh, I suspect that it's gonna happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if Justice Ginsburg retires, uh, in, um in 2009
2: what do you think his nominee will look like and i don't i don't mean look like just in physical appearance but but politically uh and otherwise
0: physically i think he's going to be he or she will be younger uh someone uh someone maybe in uh their uh mid 40s uh who will be on the bench a long time and i suspect it's going to be somebody coming out of uh out of uh academia and probably out of harvard law school <laughs> cuz he is an alumni of harvard and it'll be someone who is uh uh eminently qualified there'll be no doubt about his or her scholarship uh it's just going to be a question of whether or not uh the minority republicans in the senate are going to uh are going to allow someone who is perceived to be more liberal to be appointed to the bench and I suspect that they will.
2: And there's been a lot of speculation about whether that person might be a black a woman a hispanic a gay uh, uh, any thoughts on on uh, whether he'll be looking to uh, uh, fill a particular slot in in making the nomination?
0: Well, I think uh, I think uh, President Obama will say that that is uh, not uh a it's a consideration but it isn't a requirement and but I think that uh I think he will try to um uh, appoint somebody who is uh not white Anglo Saxon Protestant. I think uh, uh I think I think uh I think that's probably good for the country and and I suspect that's what he's gonna do.
2: And whoever it is will be able to celebrate in Havana, you predict.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, that one was a close call for me. I predicted that the Cuban embargo would be lifted in 2009. But I'm not too sure if that will actually happen in 2009. I could see it being negotiated in 2009, happening in 2010. But uh, to me, uh, I think what the what Barack Obama is going to try to do is he's going to want to do something different. And his hands, I think, are now kind of tied in Iraq and Afghanistan. And doing something different there uh, is very difficult. But what he can do to depart from uh, what the past presidents have done is to lift the Cuban embargo, and I think he's going to do it.
2: Not to mention that the embargo is a dinosaur at this point anyway, but he'll probably start by easing easing some of the travel restrictions and trade restrictions and and get into it gradually over a couple of years would be my guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's hard to say, you know. It also depends on what happens to Fidel Castro. I could see it accelerating if Fidel Castro passes away in 2009. But, right. you know, those old tyrants never seem to die. Yeah. As long as we're
3: talking about Cuba and, um, and the Supreme Court, let's uh, take a trip across the street and talk about the uh, United States Senate. You've got some Kennedys in your sights.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's talking about uh, appointing Caroline Kennedy to Hillary Clinton's seat. I don't think that's going to happen. But there will be, unfortunately, likely an opening in uh, the Massachusetts Senate seat that's currently filled by Edward Kennedy, and I suspect a, a Kennedy will fill that seat.
2: I'm trying to think of some young up-and-coming Kennedys in Massachusetts. Uh, they might have to relocate from another state.
0: That doesn't we're seem to be of, a problem. We're running
2: out of Kennedys in Massachusetts.
0: That may be the case, but relocating to other states to become a senator doesn't seem to be a problem anymore. No,
2: <laughs> it, does, it seems to work. And yeah, we, we'd take Caroline here, I'm sure.
0: Well, be- before we spend too much
3: time in Massachusetts, let's jump to the other side of the coast and talk about California. You've got some interesting predictions for um, Prop Eight and uh, some of the consequences in Hollywood.
0: Well, you know, we the big court case coming up in California is uh, is whether or not the California Supreme Court should uh, uphold Proposition Eight, which, of course, is the uh, the initiative which amended the California Constitution. Uh, so that the uh, gay marriage is prohibited, and uh that uh, is going to be heard by the California Supreme Court in two thousand and nine and I suspect that uh they're going to uphold it 'd be awfully hard for them uh to declare a con- a constitutional amendment approved by the majority of the voters as being unconstitutional, so I think they'll find a way to to affirm or uphold. Uh, proposition eight yeah, unless
3: we have another rose bird in the in the uh, california Supreme Court that we
0: haven't yet heard of yeah that's uh you know that's risky uh you know rose bird um, rose bird was uh lost when she uh ran for office or you know ran to be affirmed again for, uh and i think uh, uh i just think it's very risky for a uh a court uh, to overrule something that 's been passed by uh, a ballot measure as being unconstitutional, i just don 't see how they can do it i think it's going to be i think it's going to be upheld
2: wouldn't wouldn't be the first supreme court to over uh overrule a referendum but uh...
0: true, but this is a referendum that actually amended the state constitution, so you would be saying an amendment to the state constitution is unconstitutional. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's, in fact that's what all of our propositions do in California is actually actually amend the constitution. Uh I I'm not too sure about that, but certainly this one did.
3: Well, let's talk let's trickle down from uh Sacramento down to Hollywood. What are your predictions for the Oscars? Uh I thought
0: uh I haven't seen this, but I've been told that Slumdog Millionaire is excellent and I think that's going to win the best uh film Oscar because uh not only have I heard it's an excellent movie, but it just seems that uh, I think it, with all the people in in other parts of the world, particularly in India, uh, I think the Academy is going to embrace a film that um, that uh, embraces and and lets other people know about other cultures. So I think *Slumdog Millionaire*, which is supposed to be a terrific film, but frankly, I haven't seen that's going to win the Best Film Oscar. My easiest pick, it's kind of a no-brainer to me, is Heath Ledger's gonna be, get the best supporting, uh, actor Oscar for The Dark Knight. Uh, he was terrific in it. I actually did see that one. And, uh, and he deserves it. And then, I haven't seen this movie either, but I think it would be very politically correct for Sean Penn to get the best actor Oscar for Milk, uh, because of Proposition 8. So I think that uh, Sean Penn's going to get himself an Oscar this year,
2: and he's already getting rave reviews. And if the trailers tell anything, it certainly looks like an impressive, uh, impressive job in that film.
0: Well, like I said, I haven't seen it, and I've kind of seen mixed reviews about the movie. I've heard him getting rave reviews, but the movie kind of getting so-so reviews. But it, uh, you know, I think it, it's a good, it's a politically correct thing to do. So I think he's going to win.
2: Craig, I know we're running short of time. Wonder any any predictions you want to make for next year.
0: Well, I would go contrary to Steve. I,
3: I think that uh, we're going to see some, some improvement in the economy toward the third and fourth quarters of 2009. I think the recession will turn early as a consequence of the economic stimulus, because I think that even if the big bailout that uh, has already been approved and we get another one in February, I think there'll be a third one coming uh, if the economy isn't. Accelerating rapidly enough, and people are still clamoring in uh, Barack's first 100 days for some uh, relief. So, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and predict an early, uh, an early improvement in the economy towards the end of the year. How about you, Bob? Let's get one from you.
2: Well, uh, I've I've got two predictions. My my first prediction is that uh, actually I tend to agree with with Stephen that the economy is going to take a little while to work itself out. But I I think it's going to turn sooner for the legal profession. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's turned quite as badly for the legal profession as for others. But I am hearing from some solo and smaller firm lawyers that that they're actually picking up some business, and and we're seeing some consolidation among larger firms. Uh, But business really isn't suffering too badly there either, so... I I think uh, law firms are going to come out of this a little bit uh, ahead of maybe the rest of the economy. My other big prediction, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to predict that lawyer to lawyer is going to beat the Lexus Legal News and Litigation Report in the ABA Journal polling for best legal podcast of 2008. What do you say, Craig? Do you agree with that one?
3: I would agree with that one, Bob. I mean, we're ahead now. And and as you mentioned in the beginning, we're neck and neck. And we we are continuing to ask our listeners to uh, to go and vote for us so that uh, we remain the top dog, but that would be a, would be a good prediction to uh, see come to
2: an end. Steve, any final thoughts from you before we wrap up our discussion of uh, the end of 2008 and the beginning of 2009?
0: Two things. Thanks for having me back on your show, and I hope that uh, things turn out better than I think they will.
2: Very good. And where can our listeners uh, get in touch with you if they'd like to follow up with you?
0: Uh well, uh, one of the things they can do, the best way to communicate with me is through email. And uh, I can be reached at slkaplan at yahoo.com.
2: Well, very good. Great. And uh, I would like to uh, thank Steve for joining us today, uh, yet again this year. And I'd like to extend to uh, all of you on this show and to all of our listeners a very happy and wonderful new year
3: as well and wishing everyone a a wonderful holiday and a a prosperous new year and uh, we're going to wrap it up to um, thank Stephen again for being on the show and remind our listeners they can find all of our shows on the Legal Talk Network on iTunes and on LegalTalkNetwork.com Once again, don't forget to vote for Lawyer to Lawyer at the abajournal.com and the blog blog 100 2008 podcast.
2: Talk to you next week, Craig.
3: We will see you then with another great legal topic, Bob. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com.
3: The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis